Let's pray. May the words of my mouth and the meditation of our heart be pleasing to you, O Lord, on this day in which we celebrate the peace and the security that we have in you. Amen. My friends gathered together on this second of our Welcome Home Sundays. Just try to get your mind around this astronomical number. 21 billion dollars. Just just think about it. 21 billion dollars according to research that was done only 2 years ago but no doubt it's increased since that time. 21 billion dollars is the amount of money annually that Americans spend on home security. Now think about that. If it's true that we can tell what we think is truly important and we can identify priorities based on where we put our most precious resource, money, and if it's true that $21 billion just here in the United States is being allocated for home security, that really tells you something about not only our society, but that which we value so greatly. A society, it means that we must feel that we are in a bit of a dangerous place in life, but also that we treasure and crave the idea of being secure. So I don't know if you fall into that category or not, whether you have a home security system or whether you have a a ring doorbell or whether you pay someone to actively monitor your house or your possessions. But I think it it simply proves the point that security is on our mind and, and that's not anything new. Do you realize all of the things that we do in the name of security? It's almost comical. Everything has to do with security. That's why in some of your homes you might have a safe. Why? Because you want your documents to be secure. Some people, especially here in Texas, take security to the extreme and they say, we need to have weapons, we need to be armed, we need to be ready to go, and so you might have guns in your house so that you can be secure, and yet, what do you have on that weapon? A safety. So that you don't misuse it. You get into your car and you put on your safety belt, your seat belt. You put your child in their car and they go in their safety seat. Everything has to do with safety. You have a fire alarm. You have a smoke detector. You have safety precautions that are put into place at your workplace. We have a fire department and we have police departments. Safety is all around us. We mark it down as being one of the most important things around us because we want us to have a sense of security. And yet, this morning, when we talk about being welcomed to a home where you are perfectly safe, the thing that we're about to talk about, $21 billion isn't going to do it. Fire alarms? Nope. Nothing in this world 
that is intended to bring you peace and security is going to prepare you for a safe location when it comes to the day that the Lord says, game over. Which is why I'm glad you're here. Because if it makes you nervous to talk about the idea of last judgment or the end of this world, which, by the way, is one of the more common topics found in all of the pages of Scripture, if it makes you nervous to think about what that might be like and whether you stand secure, then welcome home to a place where you are perfectly safe. I'm going to read to you now from 2 Thessalonians. That is one of the letters that Paul wrote to the Christians in Thessalonia. Thessalonica, excuse me, good grief. And uh, we'll hear what was on Paul's mind as he is bringing up this topic. 2 Thessalonians chapter 1, verse 5 and following, all this is evidence that God's judgment is right. And as a result, you will be counted worthy of the kingdom of God for which you are suffering. God is just. He will pay back trouble to those who trouble you and give relief to you who are troubled and to us as well. This will happen when the Lord Jesus is revealed from heaven in blazing fire with his powerful angels. He will punish those who do not know God and do not obey the gospel of our Lord Jesus. They will be punished with everlasting destruction and shut out from the presence of the Lord and from the majesty of his power on the day he comes to be glorified in his holy people and to be marveled at among all those who have believed. This includes you, because you have believed our testimony to you. It's the word of our Lord. It's kind of interesting if you, if you take a look at the two letters that Paul wrote to those Christians, those Thessalonians. It's interesting because you, you start to realize when you read 1 Thessalonians and 2 Thessalonians that they as a group of believers, they had something specific on their mind. They had a lot of questions about the end. And so as you're reading 1 Thessalonians, you have Paul trying to remind them and encourage them saying, you do know that when you die for a Christian that's just asleep, we don't want you to be ignorant, brothers, about those who have fallen asleep, Paul says. You see, the Thessalonians were, were obviously worried about end-of-life issues and death. And then in 2 Thessalonians, Paul has to go back to it and say, let's talk now about Judgment Day and what that is all about. And so the, 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 the believers in Thessalonica are, have it on their mind, and so it's good for you and I to have it on our mind too, Let's talk about this, this day that's referred to as Judgment Day, this, this time when the world will come to an end and Christ returns not as a baby in Bethlehem but as the, the king and the judge. D does it scare you? Well, just listen to this phrase. God is just. 
That's really what Paul wants to drive home in this section. God is just. And at initial glance, we hear those words and we actually get very excited about that because we as Americans love justice. We love the, the justice system. We love the idea that you are innocent until declared guilty. And we love the idea that we can let justice prevail. We support with our tax dollars justice systems. And yet everything that I'm speaking of has to do with justice of this world, which is enforcing the rules and the laws of this land. What Jesus is talking about through Paul and Thessalonians here is reminding us that God is just and he's not just talking about enforcing the Constitution of the United States of America. God is just, which means his law and his perfect will can and will be used against us. Is the world ready for a just God? Because we love the idea of a loving God. We love the idea of a peaceful God. We love the idea of a, of a God who becomes one of us. And yet, what about a just God? A just God who is going to say, I demand perfection and I have every right to demand perfection. And when you do not give me that perfection, I get to exact judgment. So you tell me if the world is ready for this description of a just God. He will pay back trouble to those who trouble you and give relief to you who are troubled. This will happen when the Lord Jesus is revealed from heaven in blazing fire with his powerful angels. He will punish those who do not know God and do not obey the gospel of our Lord Jesus. They will be punished with everlasting destruction and shut out from the presence of the Lord and from the majesty of his power. All of a sudden, we're not big fans of justice. Do you hear how he's described? This Savior that we have, this God in Christ that we have, is described as coming with, with fire and power and angels, and he is ready to exact justice. You see, there's a lot at stake here on this judgment day. And I asked if the world was ready for it, but, but are you ready for it? Are you ready for justice to be meted out? Think, think about the things that you put your time into in order to be prepared, right? Th think about the items in your life that you want to make sure that you are ready for. Thanksgiving is coming up quickly, and if you are hosting this year, you want to make sure that you're ready. The holiday season, almost upon us, and we all know the stress that can bring, but you're going to be ahead of the game. You want to be ready for it. Students, your teacher has told you that you have a test coming up. You want to prove yourself worthy. You want to prepare for it. You want to be ready. You see, we know the stakes that are involved in all of these things. And yet, isn't it a little silly 
that we put so much attention on preparing ourselves to be ready for the moments of this world when God is speaking to us and reminding us that when judgment day comes, justice will be meted out and we really kind of laugh it off and say, I'll deal with that later. We don't always take God's word seriously, let's just be honest. We kind of schluff it off and say, oh, that's just pastor giving a scare tactic again. It's not me, it's God's word talking. And as a parent, it always blows me away the amount of time and effort that I, I'll put myself in that category along with you, how much time and effort we put into preparing our families for what? To be able to stand justly in the things of this world. To be able to be an excellent student. To be a winning athlete. To be able to to get that great job and to have that income that's going to allow them to have the life they always wanted. We know those are high stakes and yet, do we have the next generation ready to stand on judgment day when justice is being administered? You see, Paul, he's simply reminding us that we're in need of preparation. And we're in need of security. Because judgment day comes. And when judgment day comes, the question is, are we ready? And this is where the fear of God starts to take a turn. You see, if you read these lessons and you read these words and you have no knowledge of who Christ is and you only see him as the judge and the one who is coming in fire to declare his righteousness, then our fear for God is going to be one of shaking in our proverbial boots. Nervous because we never lived up to his expectations, nervous because our sin stands before us, nervous and condemned because we cannot and will not be able to get out of the sinful situation in which we all find ourselves now. That fear of God is paralyzing. And yet, perhaps you know that Scripture also talks about a different fear of God. And it's the fear of God which has converted the fear of trembling to the fear of awesome respect. And so how can we, in our preparation for Judgment Day, shift over from being terrified to being eagerly awaiting the awesome display of love and power? Well, the answer is right here in Scripture. You see, it's amazing how the Apostle Paul, when he's writing these words to the Thessalonians, he's actually writing in order to be an encouragement to them. Because he's saying in the opening words when he says, this is evidence that God's judgment is right, he's saying, I get it, Thessalonians. You're suffering right now. You're going through trials because you're carrying the name of Jesus in all of your actions and in your life and people are making fun of you for that. I get it that your walk as a Christian in this world 
It's being persecuted by others. But remember that justice is coming. And that justice isn't something you need to take into your own hands. It's in God's hands. In the time when those have rejected God, the time that they'll have to meet and stand for what they have done, that that will come on judgment day. But for you who have Christ in your heart and confess his name, he says, he uses different words for judgment day. He says this, he will pay back trouble to those who trouble you and give relief to you who are troubled. How is this even possible? How can he speak of relief on the day of judgment except when we realize that judgment day is a day in which the verdict has already been declared? Welcome home to a place where you are perfectly safe. It's the Christian church. And when you come into the Christian church, you come into the knowledge of who Christ is And the verdict that was passed on to Christ when he died on the cross echoes in your ears, it is finished. And you remember what you have in Christ. In Christ, yes, you have the one who returns in all of his glory to judge the world, and yet that same Christ already came to be your proxy, your substitute. The one who came to give you the peace, the safety that you so crave at this moment. You see, that's the gospel of our Lord. And when the Apostle Paul talks about obeying the gospel, it sounds kind of silly as if there's something to do. You must obey the gospel, and yet what does the gospel proclaim? Christ has done it for you. And so to obey the gospel is to simply keep your eyes focused on the Christ who paid for your sins and made you righteous in God's eyes. In our theme for today, when we say welcome home to a place where you are perfectly safe, that word perfectly was chosen for a reason because on judgment day, we think about perfection and how we don't have it and yet you are perfectly safe in God's presence because of Christ's perfection. He kept that righteous standard every day for you. His perfection kept the perfect law so that you would be given his perfection. And so on that last day, when you stand before the judge, he looks at you and says, Well done, good and faithful servant, you who have put your faith in me. And you're only going to hear that message in one place. It's going to be in a church that faithfully proclaims the gospel. Are you aware that in church architecture, and it's really hard to point that out here because we're worshiping in a gymnasium, but in church architecture, so let's say you go over to Europe and you, you tour some of the the great cathedrals that are out there, they have kind of interesting names for different parts of the church. Perhaps you know that the main part of the church, the part in which 
the people would sit is referred to as the, the nave. N-A-V-E. And the reason why they gave that name to that part of the church is because the church, ever since it started being created, was to resemble a ship. And the word nave comes from the Latin word for ship. And the illustration is quite simple. As you are seated securely in a church that is proclaiming Christ and the gospel of our Lord, it's as if you're in the ark itself, being buffeted about by external forces, wind and waves coming at you, and yet you are securely inside the teaching of Christ ready for whatever this world might throw at you, ready for the day of judgment because you can now lift up, as Jesus says in the gospel lesson, stand up and lift up your head for your redemption is coming near. Dear friends, welcome to a place, a home, where you can be safe. And it's not because I'm going to throw my arms around you and protect you. I can't do that. But it's because when you come home to this congregation and you hear the gospel of Christ time and time again, Christ is putting his wings above you, shielding you, keeping you safe for the day of judgment in which you will be declared innocent. $21 billion? That'll never buy you peace of mind when it comes to your relationship with God. And yet the priceless gospel drives home the truth time and time again that as we gather together in Christ, we are home and we are safe. Amen. And now may the peace of God which surpasses all of our understanding, may it guard your hearts and minds in Jesus our Lord. Amen.